0: Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. So we are going to invite Robert up to. Robert. <laughs> Robert. Is he in trouble? Robert. I just need to stretch out time. No, come on up, Rob. I'd love to pray. Robert. Robert. It's very, we're very formal here. Sounds a bit Scottish. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Heavenly Father, Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for this man. Lord, we thank you that you placed him in the role that you have. And we thank you for the word that you've given him this morning. Lord God, we ask that as he blesses us through um, shining a light on your word, Father, that you would bless him. Father, increase the fire, increase the thing you're doing in his heart, Father, and let it come through his words and out into our community
1: this morning, Lord. Thank you, Father. Bless bless you, Lord. Thank
0: you, guys. Um, Let me just get set up here quickly. (laughs) I have a lovely bottle of uh, Spanish red wine here this morning. This is one of, my, one of my props. I don't know if you can see this. Some red grapes. These were the seeded ones we got, my mistake, weren't they? Okay. <laughs> can you guess what we might be looking at this morning? Some of you may have read ahead. We're not gonna look at communion. Good, good guess, but no, we're not looking at communion. We're going to look at um, John 15, so if you have a Bible, you may want to open up there. Um, But first, let me just say, uh, you know, one of the things I just loved, our time of worship this morning, Um, thank you, Anna, so much for leading us in that, and for John uh, in the way that he led us, because I think, you know, it is on God's heart to that worship and justice would flow together, isn't it? And we're going to look, actually it's going to come out. It's just something that I feel that the Lord's already been speaking to me about. Um, so it's lovely when you see that happening in a service, you're like, oh, okay, God, yeah, there it is. There's a, there's a glimpse of that. Um, <clears throat> I wonder if, uh, I imagine many of you, as you've come to Northridge, you might have wondered why it is we called a vineyard church. Has anyone anyone thought about that? No? Um, we do love wine. Um, we, have, we have had at times the, the joy of somebody coming and knocking on the door of the office and saying, is there a cellar door here? <laughs> kind of came to the vineyard in, uh, in Thornley and we kind of look at them and think, wow, you have more faith than we do. <laughs> Clearly. <clears throat> but we do enjoy... Um, the odd bottle of wine. Um, but no, we don't grow grapes. Um, we are actually, um, the vineyard got its name uh, through a passage that we're going to kind of touch on in the Old Testament today. And, and, uh, and, and let me just tell you a little bit of history. So back in the 70s, there was a uh, a network of churches that began, that were planted out of Calvary Chapel um, in California. And, uh, and a guy called Ken Gullickson uh, was a pastor who began um, by sort of starting a new uh, stream of churches that um, Chuck Smith really released him from Calvary Chapel, to, released him out to plant some new churches. And they began to plant more churches. And soon there was a, a sort of little collection Of churches uh, that Ken had actually decided that should be called the Vineyard Church. And uh, and really, one of the things that really spoke to Ken as he looked at scriptures was um, the way in which the vineyard, a vineyard, um, describes so much of what goes on in a church. And so, and we're going to look at that a little bit more in a sec, but that's why, in the end, the, the vineyard got its name. Of the Vineyard Church. And I just really felt like the Lord actually wanted us to spend a bit of time on this idea of a vineyard this morning. But first, why don't we read from John 15. I'm going to read um, chapter 15, verse 1 through to 5. Can you see it? This just says verse 5, doesn't it? That's confusing. It should be a 1 there, 1 to 5. Okay, so this is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the true vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I already had someone this morning tell, tell me that one of these verses was their favorite verse. And I, <clears throat> I, I'm very conscious that I'm speaking about a passage that for some of you will be very close um, and I, my heart this morning, if you, it's is really that we would um, hear Jesus's words perhaps in a deeper way. That we would come as humble learners. We would kind of take on the posture that his disciples had as they sat there listening to him and go, What, did you, what are you wanting to say to us, Lord? Jesus, what are you wanting to say? I don't know uh, if you've, like I say, spent much time maybe up at the Hunter, or um, I know there are some other fantastic vineyards around Australia. I haven't had a chance to visit really any of them, have we? That's a shame. We should get down to Margaret River or somewhere like that. Um, But I I have spent also some time in South Africa and um, seeing some of the wonderful vineyards there. Um, And I, I don't know if you quite appreciate, but vineyards take a very long time to plant, And to grow and to develop fruit. So, if you were actually thinking, I've got a plot of land, not in Thornley, but somewhere warm and sunny, and you thought I'm going to grow a vineyard, you would have to plant baby vines, and it would be probably at least three years before you would see any fruit coming. And uh, I'm not, I'm not an expert in vine in vineyard growing. See, I can't even say the proper word, but. It's just fascinating to me as I read a little bit about what does it take to actually grow and produce wine, how many steps there are, how long it takes, and how much pruning goes on. I think we've got a couple of photos just to give you an idea of what what this is like. So there's some baby vines being planted, and they're protected. And in the first few years, they need a lot of watering and pruning, And protection from pests and disease. There's an awful lot of work that goes into it. And then after three years, just before they start to um, flower, you get these sort of dormant vines that look like they're almost dead. But even then, the gardener, if you like, the the vine grower, needs to come along and start pruning back um, the branches. Otherwise... The vines will actually produce too much fruit, and the fruit that is produced won't be any good. And so they have, it has to be cut back. And then after that, what happens is the, the f- vines actually flower. I think it might be another photo there. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, the vines actually flower, and you see um, you know, amazing buds starting to come out. But they have to be carefully protected probably jump back to the other photo, Barry. Thank you. They have to be carefully protected from the cold and from the frost, because it's often in early spring. So you might have even seen this. Some vineyards have giant fans that blow across the vineyard just to try and keep the warm air circulating so that frost doesn't set in. When the fruit actually comes and emerges, then the, the, then the workers have to actually start pruning back the fruit that's come. And it'll end up, what happens often is that a lot of fruit ends up dropping on the floor. And it can be quite, quite hard to kind of see all this fruit dropping on the floor. But if they don't do that, then they, again, the fruit that comes through won't have all of the nutrients and the best sort of life from the vine. And, and it won't become its best fruit. And then eventually what happens is uh, the actual grapes start to redden turning from a sort of green colour into this beautiful dark red colour. Um, and even at that point, once again, the garden is coming through and cutting away more and more. In fact, they have to cut back the, the canopy to make sure just enough light comes through so that the, the grapes don't turn too red, don't sunburn, but they get enough light. So there's this constant tending and cutting away and pruning and pruning... And then eventually after all of that, we'll jump back a sec, Barry. After all of that comes the harvest and the pressing and the fermenting and eventually the bottling. It's a a fascinating thing to me that Jesus chooses this image when he stands up and he says, I am the vine. I'm the vine. He's not just talking about any tree. <clears throat> He's talking specifically about grapes and, and production of wine. If you think about how, throughout the ages, how long wine has been drunk for. right? Wine comes up, doesn't it, in history again and again and again. And it was, it was like the other thing they drank, water and wine in Jesus' time. And so the production of wine, the, the sort of commonplace uh, feature of vineyards... Was just just so uh, like I say commonplace in their thinking, and um, so when Jesus starts to talk about the vine, I want you to just have a bit of a think as well about what was going on in Israel at that time, because Jesus is speaking into a context where Israel has been conquered and and is being subjugated by a very oppressive Roman presence. And the disciples are sitting there listening to their Messiah, trying to make sense of the world in which they live, right? So they're, they're sitting there thinking, would this Messiah restore Israel back to the nation that it was called to be? And that's, that's the questions. So when Jesus starts talking about a vine that is pruned... There's lots going on in the minds of the disciples, and they're asking that question what's going to happen? And let me tell you I'd like us to quickly look at a a passage from Isaiah 5 that will just shed a bit of light as to what is going on in the minds of the disciples as they hear Jesus stand up and say, I am the true vine. Um, I'm getting quite warm. Is anyone else getting quite warm? Yes, thank you. Could we turn the aircon off? That would be fantastic. It's all pointing at me, so if you're feeling warm, don't worry. It's nice to be warm, but I don't want you to fall asleep. Okay, so we're going to look at uh, Isaiah 5. I'm just going to read a few verses and then summarize this. It begins like this. Isaiah speaking. He says, I will sing for the one I love. A song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleared it of stones. And planted it with the choicest wines. He built a watchtower in it. And he cut out a winepress as well. And then he looked for a crop of good grapes. But it yielded only bad fruit. So in this in this story in Isaiah, the vineyard owner, he takes the care and the hard work of planting that vineyard on a fertile hillside. So it should have produced grapes. And then we have this problem of bad grapes or of lack of good fruit. And later on in this passage, it makes, Isaiah makes it very clear, Israel is that vineyard. It doesn't produce its, the fruit that God intended for it to produce. Judah doesn't fulfill its true identity and purpose. And there is a judgment that follows. In this passage, we see a story of judgment over Israel. As the walls of the vineyard are, are destroyed and the land is made desolate. And so... Uh, and if you go to Isaiah 27, you'll see the same passage. There's this it echoed in a different way. So as Jesus starts to talk about being a vine, it's not quite so straightforward as us going, oh, he's talking about fruit. That's nice. There is heavy in the minds of his listeners, there is a word of judgment over Israel. And as they look at the Roman guards around them, And as they walk through the streets, they can't help but feel, is God judging us? What's going to happen? What about the judgment that Isaiah spoke over Israel? Have we been fruitful? Or will God wipe us out for good? But then let me point you to another Old Testament passage in Psalm 80. It's very similar but uh, there's something quite important and different. David picks up uh, this same theme of, um, and I won't read it out, but he picks up this same theme of a vineyard. He talks again in Psalm 80 about God planting a vineyard and, and taking care to, to tend it and to grow it. But then once again, Israel is judged. And there's a judgment because it doesn't the vineyard doesn't bear fruit. But David points to God's right-hand man, and he even uses this phrase, the son of man. And he says, God has raised up this man for himself, so that through him, Israel could be fruitful once again. So again, I want us to take us back. Jesus stands up, says, I am the true vine. What's going on in the heads and the hearts of the disciples? Maybe Maybe the Messiah. Maybe he could, he could be the one who makes the vineyard fruitful again. You know that I, I, I've really enjoyed uh, watching that series we've often mentioned here on Sunday mornings, um, the Chosen, because it's just. I guess it's reminded me of. You know, as Jesus goes through his ministry, as he's healing people and as he's standing up and he's talking about, we've looked at, you know, I am the good shepherd and I am the way, the truth, and the life. And there is an unmistakable sense of hope that is just building in the disciples up to this point. And, and we sometimes get a bit uncomfortable with it because it's nationalistic. It really is. You can't get away from it. These are Jews who love their country, and who are desperate to see Israel restored again. And, and Jesus, he doesn't dismiss all of that, perhaps in a clean way that we might want him to. He actually sort of leans into it, but reframes it. You know, he says, um, you know, when, when he stands up and he talks about the vineyard, he is, he is speaking into this question that is in the minds of the disciples. How will the story end? Will Israel be destroyed? If you think of the beginning of Acts 1, do you remember that moment when the disciples turned to Jesus? And you think to yourself, right, you, you've got it now, haven't you? It's not about Israel. Surely you've got it. And they turn to Jesus and they say, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And it's like, I've often wrestled with that. I'm like, how do they not get that? How have they not seen it? And part of it is because Jesus is going, you know what? It is about the vineyard, but not in the way that you think. It is, I have come to restore the vineyard, but not in the way you think. Because Jesus talks about how he is the way in which the vineyard will be fruitful. If you are in him, you will bear much fruit. But apart from him, you can do nothing. All right. So let me, let me just summarize with three, kind of come into land with three points. And then I'd love to just pray and see what the Lord wants to do. One is, you've got to ask the question, what on earth has this got to do with us? Right? Okay, so God is going to restore the vineyard through Jesus. What on earth does that have to do with us? Well, and I think we've got a slide here, Barry. The good news, guys, is that God's vineyard is the hope for the nations. You see, this vineyard that God planted, it wasn't just a nation. But actually, it was God's plan to restore the earth. It was the promise of his kingdom. And Jesus has become the supreme reference point of what that kingdom is. It's not ethnicity or nationality. It is about Jesus. And it is the hope for the nations. There's this beautiful verse in Psalm 80 that we looked at before. And it says this, the mountains were covered with its shade. It's talking about the vineyard. The mighty cedars with its branches. Its branches reached as far as the sea. Its shoots as far as the river. So there's this picture of God's kingdom as a vineyard. Towering above the the mountains and and the trees. And its branches reaching out as far as the sea. And as far as the river. As we were praying before uh, the service today. I really felt the Lord actually wanting to just speak into that. There's somebody today um, who I I just felt the Lord saying. I'm going to send you to the nations. Because actually his kingdom is full of fruit. Of good wine. and, And he is sending us out into the nations, right to the edges of the far ends of the sea. And that might just, I, you might kind of be like, I think that's crazy. <laughs> Have you looked where we are? We can't even really leave the country. It's in the middle of COVID. How am I supposed to get go to the nations? But I really just sense like, I don't know who that is here this morning, but I just got a sense the Lord is wanting to say, I am sending you to the nations. A bit like Noah and the ark. Had no idea how it was going to work. But he built it anyway. No sign of water. And uh, I just felt like, yeah. So if, that, if that's you, great. Let me, let's move on. In, uh, you know, in Jesus' words, we hear this extraordinary claim. You know, he is now the vine and we are the branches. And we get to be drawn into that kingdom that will fill the earth with its fruit. Because this is God's plan to save humanity. And rescue the whole world. You may remember in Revelation, do you remember that? It says, there's that cry at that moment when Jesus is crowned king. And it says, Uh, They cry out, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah. And he will reign forever and ever. Guys, this this is God's dream for the world. That Jesus, the true vine, has become the king. That is the good news. That is the good news. That's the gospel. It's good news for the world. Now, what does it look like for us to be fruitful? What does that look like? I want us just to spend a little bit of time thinking about that. What does it look like for us to be fruitful individually, fruitful corporately? What does that look like? Is it the same as success? Maybe in business, or in wealth, or in sport. Like in, in all our different pursuits, is that what being fruitful looks like? Is it the same as um, you know having all that we feel we need? Maybe a comfortable, safe home, good education, plenty of food. Is it successful in our relationships? Um, having lots of friends, or maybe even finding a partner, having children? Having a big family. Is fruitfulness about being maybe fruitful in ministry? You know, we use that word fruitful. But what does Jesus mean when he says, You will bear much fruit? Maybe those are all really good things. Maybe it's that. But I I want us to jump back again to this passage in Isaiah 5. Because again, I believe Jesus is not speaking into a vacuum. He's speaking into a context that comes out of the Old Testament. And is carried in the hearts of the people that he's listening to. What was it that God looked for in the vineyard that he didn't see? In Isaiah, we read that God looked for justice, but he saw bloodshed. For righteousness, but he heard cries of distress. So the fruit that God looked for from Israel was was justice and righteousness. And when we look at Psalm 80, we see that the reason for God's judgment on them was because they weren't faithful to him. The fruit that God expected, faithful hearts. Righteous lives. And justice for the poor. That is the kingdom. That's the picture of the kingdom. And lastly, how do, we, how do we bear fruit? How are we fruitful? I mean, in one level, it's easy, isn't it? Jesus says, just remain in me. But at another layer, that, that's hard to, to get our heads around. We just want to try harder, you know, particularly when I say, okay, what's the fruit? Uh, faithfulness, right, let's be more faithful. Like righteousness, okay, I'm going to live more righteously. And justice, yeah, let's do justice. And that's, that's the heart is in the right place. But actually Jesus says, come, remain in me, abide in me. Hold is the word there that Jesus uses in the Greek. Hold, hold in me. allow my words to remain in you and look practically what does that mean guys it means spending time in worship it means spending time talking to him studying his word learning from him but i think you know it it also means where there's the flame in us fanning that in fanning that flame Cultivating a heart that's soft and teachable. Being vulnerable with Jesus as you come to him. I love at the end of this passage, we didn't read the whole lot in John 15, but he says, whatever you, whatever you ask, it will be given. And Jesus is describing a, a, a posture to him that is, just come and ask me. Just Come. Whatever you need, just come and ask me. Because actually that's how we abide in him. That's how we remain in him. It's when we go, we need this, I'm going to try and get that myself. That we actually start to live apart from him. God doesn't want us to be independent. He wants us to be entirely dependent on him. So we've got some time to... um, See what the Lord wants to do this morning and just spend some time in prayer. I'd love to do that. Thank you for listening to me in quite a warm room. You did really well. Um, should we just stand together and just uh, invite the Holy Spirit to come and to minister? I'm like, can I grab one of those mics? Thank you. You don't have to listen to my breathing. thank you lord so we're just going to take a some time just to ask the lord to come and to speak so holy spirit we ask that you would come now and fill this place thank you that you've already been here working today We sensed your presence come lord Come, Lord Jesus. I think for some today, folks, as we read this, these words of Jesus, you know that you've grown apart. From Jesus. And maybe even as we. You know as we talk about fruit. You're just aware that there isn't. A fruitfulness in your life. And that. um, You need. You need to come. And you know Jesus. Extends the invitation to everyone. He, He offers that. Remain in me. And I will remain in you. So just come. If that's you, just come to him now. Just spend a bit of time in this place. Just allow yourself. Just speak to him. He says he stands at the door and knocks. He wants to come in and share a meal with you. Lord, we we come this morning for those we just know that we have grown apart and we want to come back to you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would forgive us. And once again, Lord, that you would abide in us as we abide in you. You come and live inside of us. Lord, that we would see the fruit in our own lives. Thank you, Lord. And Lord Jesus, I ask you, just come by your Holy Spirit now. And once again, come and fill us. Thank you, Lord. I've got a sense as well that for others, you know, that you're hungry to see fruit that hasn't come. And it might feel a bit like those vines that are lying dormant. It just feels like there's, I know I should be fruitful, but there's nothing here. Like, and there's just a hunger to see fruit that hasn't come yet and uh you know jesus's words jesus's promise that you will bear much fruit sometimes are hard to hold on to but we would I uh, just really got a sense we'd love to pray for you for faith this morning so can i ask you to be bold put your hand up if you as i'm saying that you know that's you we just love to lay hands and just bless you in that fantastic folks just is anyone else we just all we're going to do is just pray a blessing of faith over you okay folks just to have a quick look and see if there's someone near you with a hand up all we're going to do is not long prayers i'd love to just encourage you to go to lay a hand on them just on their shoulder we're just going to ask the lord to come and to fill them with faith because that's a gift from him. So, Jesus, we thank you that your, your words are true. And we take them at face value. We just say, yes, Lord. We want to bear much fruit. So, Lord, we ask for that faith to just fill us now. Thank you, Lord. We choose to step into you, to remain in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anna, would you come in wherever you are? Come and just play some worship music over us. So that would be great. We're going to stick in this place for a bit longer, just see what the Lord wants to bring up. Welcome, you Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. couple of things guys so I just got a sense um for some Lord's just stirring up some intercession in you um, to to see his fruit actually coming in a certain situation or a certain place and I just want to give you permission not that you need it but if you just in this time if that's you know you know the Lord's actually just stirring up something to pray into maybe just grab some space come to the cross or just Find a corner somewhere and just let's just spend a bit of time just praying to that. also just um, got a sense that the Lord wants to do some healing around stomach issues today. I think whether it's IBS or some other things that, oh God, I don't know, I just felt like they're quite symbolic of what we're talking about today. The Lord wants to bring some healing there, particularly uh, issues with the stomach where it's difficult to keep certain things down. It's like the stomach doesn't process certain things. Um, I know there's can be a bunch of things, but if you If you um, would like some healing for that this morning, can I just get you to just to raise a hand? We would love to just pray into that. So any healing for just your stomach struggling to process certain things? Keep things down. No? Well, perhaps you'd like, if you, yep. Do somebody just... uh, make sure we're getting some prayer for that. And if you would like someone to pray for you into that, please just grab someone near you. We'd love to pray into that. We're just going to keep praying, but as we do, why don't we worship a little bit that song that would be beautiful to what you're playing there. Should we sing that? Yeah, let's sing that together.
1: Spirits like water to my soul. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, Jesus. I love.
0: As we um, come towards the end of our service, I just wanted to really pray for us as a group, Um, as a church. These words in Joel 3 just echoes what we've been looking at this morning. In that day, the mountains will drip new wine and the hills will flow with milk. All the ravines of Judah will run with water. A fountain will flow out of the Lord's house and will water the valley of Acacias. And Lord, our heart this morning, our deepest, deepest heart is that you would pour out your blessing, your favour, your kingdom through us and out into the hills and the valleys, into the streets and the houses, into the nations. Lord, that you would make us not only fruitful, but flowing outward. And Lord, we ask for an increase in that today and we acknowledge that it's you Lord, it's only your work it's only your spirit that can do it so together and individually Lord we ask for more more of your flowing more of your favour to flow through us Lord we pray you just bless us as we go today and as we um, gather and as we Just spend some morning tea time together. Lord, we pray you bless this week. We thank you for your presence as we go. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.